Hello and welcome to the first episode of Super Necessary. I'm Jay. I'm Kieran. And today we're going to discuss one championships inside the Matrix 2. We're going to discuss the latest MMA news and we're also going to have a bit of fun at the end. And in honour of our name and brand change, we're going to go over our favourite and funniest um, pre and post fight quotes. So, as I say, we're going to discuss uh, one championships inside the Matrix 2. Last time out, we obviously had our first experience of one, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. So, we thought it was a nice way to, to go back into it. Um, and then next week, they've got Inside the Matrix 3. So, it seems to be a running theme that they do, where they have a few cards, sort of the same name. Um, but it was a good card again, so we'll get into that in a moment. Yeah, um, I feel like I might have kind of got the idea of, remember the last episode, uh, you said about them not um, saying what rounds they won, and I also yeah. mentioned about the ref pointing. Now, I, I don't know if this is right, but um, I think the ref pointing is kind of a way to say who's maybe scored a significant strike, because Gnosis on his arms, he's got like a red and a blue. Um, and also I think Mitch, you mentioned that they score uh, the fight in its entirety rather than round, round by round um, so that's an interesting uh, different thing to UFC well yeah I mean if they do it right if they don't score it round by round and score the entire fight they must look at different things then they mustn't be looking at like circle control because obviously it's not enough one is it yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know if they look at circle control I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I heard them say something about um he scored a lot of points for damage. Yeah. Fight. I can't remember which one it was, but so it's obviously something that they, they scored in that way. But however they do it, I mean, it works. They've obviously got um, good people going. You know, in there, there's a lot of talent there. Um, you know, James Nakashima from the main event. Um, it was interesting for me that he was an LFA champion, uh, welterweight, yeah. I assume. Um, and he's gone to, to one rather than the UFC when LFA have clearly got a, a sort of a deal in place with UFC so that yeah. but that I suppose that shows you kind of like the level that that one's at at the minute it's uh, obviously seen as a, as a big deal by by fighters and obviously they've got you know we mentioned last time they got Mighty Mouse there they did have Ben Askin and um, they've got uh, they got Sage Northcutt there yeah. they've got oh, Eddie Alvarez so they've, they've got they've got names that you know but as I say, someone like Nakashima, you would have thought being in LFA's next step would have been the UFC. I think um, Mitch also mentioned something about having like 150 uh, champions, or I don't know if that was just in terms of kickboxing and you know, kind of a specific martial art that we mm. talk about, but that, that, that's quite a big number um, to have yeah. in an organisation. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it's all MMA champions, you know. Um, again, from this card, you had uh, Peter Busto, whatever his name was. He was a kickboxer. Yeah. Um, so it looks like, you know, they, they are very open. It seems more open to getting kickboxers in. Um, obviously, they don't just put on, I'm pretty sure they don't just put on MMA fights. I'm pretty sure they put on uh, Thai boxing fights as well. So, yeah. Thai fights, rather. Yeah, I'm um, sure that that is certainly do. Yeah. So it's clearly an organisation that does it a bit different. Uh, again, it's something you're actually seeing in one of the fights, which I'll obviously talk about in a bit. But let's yeah. jump into the cards. So uh, we started off with, um, and again, I apologise last time. I'm going to apologise this time. Although I don't think the names are quite as difficult this time, in fairness. But I apologise for any names of butcher. Um, so we had Priscilla Hitati Lumbango and uh, Mengbo. Okay. Um, so started out they were very very wary of each other mm. um, didn't nothing really happened obviously the ref did tell them to, to work and, and get going kind of thing um, yeah. which but then with the finish I mean Mengbo with that killer of a right hand um, when when I can see why you know uh, Priscilla was very sceptical about sort of engaging with her to begin with because she obviously knew that she had that bottom of her right hand. Yeah, I mean, the big mistake that she made was circling towards it. She, um, uh, Priscilla, she looked quite uh, hesitant. Obviously, she was throwing every now and then, but I think she needed to really uh, push the pace and um, kind of lead the dance. But... Uh, it obviously didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it literally only took that one right hand and landed, turned her around, you know, literally yeah. spun her, put her down, and, and that was it. Um, I and just think. Wrote, yeah, exactly. And I, I just think Priscilla was a bit uh, a bit too hesitant. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was the thing of the power, but as I say, she made the mistake of circling towards it rather than away from it. Yeah, I mean, when someone's got power like that, Mengbo clearly has. I mean, the one thing you don't want to do is, is be hesitant with it. You've got to, you need to work out your your sort of distance where mm. they get your, you know, work out your reach kind of thing, see what advantage she has in that respect or disadvantage maybe, and work with that. And she hasn't, she's, she's been reluctant to engage and that's just caused her when she finally has. Mengbo's just went good night. Um, so I think she was the architect of her own downfall to be honest with you yeah I agree definitely um, yeah definitely agree as I say made a mistake of circling she was hesitant to throw uh, she really should have tried to put, put a bow on the back foot and yeah. push the pace a bit more in my opinion yeah I agree um, so there was only five fights on this card and to be honest I um, I mean, with that cards. fight, it was, yeah. With that fight, <laughs> not a lot to really actually discuss because it ended so quickly. Um, and then you can say the same with uh, the next fight, which was Echo Roni Saputra and yeah. Ramon Gonzalez. Um, straight away for me, I could tell Saputra was the was the high, highest skilled fighter, if you like. Um, and yeah. he, he was so light on his feet. He was 
he, you know, he wasn't keeping still. I looked at the size, like, looked at, you looked at his legs and you were like to see trunks, even though he was only small. Yeah. Um, I mean, didn't see it going the way of submission, in all honesty. Um, unless, am I reading this wrong? No, I'm not. I thought I was reading it wrong because it has the results on one's website below. The fight rather than, I'm used to it above it. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was surprised it went the way of submission. I thought um, it would, uh, I, the way Echo Ronnie was looking on his feet, I thought it was going to end up being a stoppage in that respect. But um, it didn't, to be honest, I didn't think he had it in that well when he when he got the submission. Maybe it was just the angles they were showing. Um, yeah, perhaps. I mean, there was a lot of crazy scrambles as soon as it hit the floor. I mean, they were flipping each other and that. Um, I think Gonzalez went for a, a odd dash choke, if you like. He didn't really have a superior position, but I think Mitch said he has a pretty good squeeze, so I can understand why he attempted it. Um, but yeah, that uh, Suputra, is that how you pronounce it? Suputra, he was like, he just stuck to him like glue, didn't he? Just weren't letting go, yeah. letting him get up. Um, and yeah, I mean, the finish did. Didn't look like he had it in very deep, um, but yeah, as I say, it might have been uh, because of the angles. But I mean, he got the win and he he got it pretty fast and very good, very good finish. Yeah, it was. Um, so again, it ended that quick. There's not really a great deal to actually talk about. I think with a lot of these fights on, the, well, with the first three fights especially, anyway, because they were all. We're obviously about to go into the third fight, so they were all first round stoppages. It's hard yeah. to, to to gauge how good of fighters they actually were, but I think with that Saputra, I'd say you could tell straight away that he was the superior fighter. Um, and then moving on, it was another flyweight fight. Uh, Kim Q Sung and uh, Yuya Wakamatsu. Yeah, Yuya Wakamatsu. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, I'd. Wakamatsu, I think he had excellent movement uh, in this fight. He was constantly in and out, moving around, throwing the jab. Um, he was doing feints as well, and most of the feints he was doing, Kim was reacting, and I think that's yeah. what's helped him set up the finish. Um, yeah, he put, it, put on a great display. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he was probably... Similar to Saputra, you could tell who was the, who was the more superior yeah. fighter straight away. I think, it, you know, I thought Saputra had pretty decent movement in that in, the, in his fight, but then I thought Wakamatsu took it to another level mm. in his fight. His yeah. movement was again, you look at sort of his base, and you know, his legs were bigger than mine. <laughs> I, I got yeah. big legs, like so. It was just, it was just crazy. I think. They didn't look like they were in the same weight class, to be honest. He, you know, Wakamatsu was quite big, I thought, compared to him, even though he was smaller in height. Mm. I think in sort of, I don't know, he just looked better. And yeah, the finish was, was good. He, he almost looked like he regretted hitting him when he was like out cold already. You know what I mean? The way he's finished him and he's hit him a couple of times before the ref got in there. Yeah. And he's almost like went and apologised to him after he's hit him. It was weird, but... Sometimes that happens. Like obviously that they're in kind of fight mode. It sometimes it takes like a really good fighter to pull back when they've mm. when they've realised maybe just maybe for the last few were necessary and you didn't feel good for it. But like, as you say before, I, I think with uh, Wakamatsu, he just 
it was more he looked like more the confident fighter as well. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how we come in, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, as I say, his, his movement was brilliant. He had the like he, he had the confidence, like he knew he was going to win anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then obviously, maybe it's maybe that's a fight we see in the future. Saputra versus Wakamatsu. I think that could be a good a good fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, both flyweight, so it, it would. It, I, I, well, I mean, towards it would make sense. Whether it makes sense or in in terms of the whole division, we don't really know. This yeah. is only our second time ever watching it, so it's hard for us to say in that respect. But based on who we've seen in one so far, I think that would be a good matchup. Yeah, I agree. I think um, by the looks of Saputra's got more of the ground game. Uh, Wakamatsu, he's got more of the stand-up, so it'd be that classic striker-grappler uh, competition. Uh, I think that would be a good matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then, Komain, we had uh, Timofey Nats- uh, Yukon and uh, Peter Boost, or however you pronounce it. I've got to be honest, every time they were saying Nakayukun, is it? I always, is it Mortal Kombat or something? I always just thought of Dukun. Oh, Street Fighter. Yeah, Street Fighter. I always thought, every time they say his name, I would just say it again, Natsuyukun. I mean, that's what I'm going to go with. Whether that is the correct pronunciation, I don't know, which is why I apologise beforehand. Yeah, but as I say, I had that in my head every time you were saying his name, it's like a Dukin. Yeah. So, this fight was the only one that went the distance. Tim Fay getting the win unanimously. With this, um, I was both very impressed with Timothy and a bit disappointed with Peter. Um, yeah. I thought Peter didn't use his, his height advantage at all. He didn't utilise it. Them long legs, like mm. he w- he was 75% legs. And he, <laughs> yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't utilise that distance at all. Um, and the, But then, on conversely, Timothy, he was enormous for the lightweight. I want mm. to point that out straight away. Yeah, he was massive, um, but that power was just—he was—he was relentless. The power all the time. He was just—he was an animal. Um, the takedowns he was getting were—you know—there was no defense hardly to them. Um, yeah. It was kind of, of a, it was a bit like watching. It was kind of like watching a Khabib fight where he—you know—maybe there was no defense to the takedowns because. There is no defence to his takedowns, you know. Yeah, Again, yeah. like Khabib, if Khabib wants to take you down, he's going to take you down. And I kind of got that feeling to a lesser extent with this. I think, as I say, there was just nothing he could do, it seemed. But Peter didn't utilise his... He didn't utilise anything to his advantage in that fight. No, I, I agree. I was like, I was thinking to myself, why, why aren't you using your legs? He's, he's coming at you, he's closing the distance. Use your leg kicks. Slow him down, you know what I mean? He's he, he was, yeah. um, Timothy was quite aggressive, as you're saying. You can slow him down by doing that. I just, I completely agree. I just don't think he used his height advantages and his reach. No. Um, the, I mean, the, what was strange for me, you say, sorry to interrupt, you say about the yeah. like kicks and stuff like that. I mean, he's a kickboxer. Hmm? Yeah. What, what kind yeah. of kickboxer doesn't want to kick? Yeah, I know. It's it just baffled me. I, I was confused by it. 
but obviously we don't know any about uh, Peter Boish, I'm going to say his name is, um, possibly. But yeah, obviously we don't know too much about him, what fight this is in his uh, one career, um, you know what I mean? So we don't know if he was just coming in, but obviously they would have mentioned that. Yeah, was, they, they would, I, I think they mentioned actually that he had faced uh, for Foliang, is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they were talking about his gas tank and that. Um, yeah, they finished the fight with him and he wasn't wasn't heavy breathing or nothing like that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got that kind of energy and you're not, re- I mean, all he, the only thing that was really exerting any energy from him was being, was working with when, when Timothy took him down. It was like, I don't know. It was very. It was a disappointing for for the first time viewing, especially like didn't make a good impression. Yeah, um, I think with Timothy as well. I think in, in the second round he, he really started to um, get heavy with his breathing. I thought that's where uh, Bush could have really, you know, took advantage and, as I say, tried to use the distance. But it obviously weren't the case. Um, yeah, I was just. Bit disappointed with him uh, on your yeah. side. Think Timothy done really good closing that distance. Um, you know, getting in, getting the takedowns, doing what he needs to do. Um, yeah. So as far as Timothy goes, good display. Mm. Disappointed with Bush though. Yeah, same. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to see Timothy again. I must admit, I thought he was mm. brilliant. Um, Peter, not so much. I'd like to see. I don't know, maybe we need to see him in a kickboxing environment. Maybe we need to see him in a fight where somebody's willing to stand with him because yeah. obviously he didn't like getting tucked down. Um, he didn't have much of a defence for the takedown. So obviously Timothy knew that, but I mean, that that was clearly Timothy's strength regardless. Um, so yeah, really excited to see Timothy again. Peter, maybe we need to see him in a, in a stand-up fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so main event we had our welterweight world championship, uh, and then it's uh, what was it, Kim Kimrian or something, or Cameron? You were just saying, mate. Yeah, commentary. Cameron. Cameron Abasov and um, James Nakashima. So I was excited to see this Nakashima, mm. um, especially when he started talking about his sort of history um, and stuff like that. As I mentioned, a champion in LFA. Um, moved to one. He was undefeated in. He was undefeated yeah. in one. Undefeated in in LFA. In undefeated in his career, basically. Yeah. Um, and for most of the fight, he, he looked brilliant. He looked very good. I thought. Um, he was he was closing the distance on on Cameron a lot. He was he was getting in a lot of good shots. Um, yeah. Obviously, broke broke Cameron's nose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know, and he was just. He was he was the more active fighter. He was, as I say, he was working a lot more. He was he was catching him with a lot, um, and for the most part, it was a very polished performance. Yeah, I mean, them them first two rounds, I was really having uh, a bit of difficulty scoring them because it, it was um, they, they were doing pretty well. I think the whole the, the whole nose business for Abbasoft, I think, it eventually got to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's turned it around. Yeah, massively. Um, that was the the fourth round, was it? Yeah, yeah, a fourth round. Um, the, the the third round, I think I had that score to Nakashima. 
because um, he, he obviously got the takedown. He got a lot of um, yeah. positions there. And then I thought with that, like he might. I think I think he did. He starts to push a bit more. I think he was searching for that takedown, and that's what kind of set up the the knee uh, that Abasov has landed. Um, yeah, but what did you think about uh, when uh, Nakashima was down and he kind of threw the knee? I, I, I think I think they had a lot because there was another fight uh, before mm. it where he was trying to get knees when he was on his back. Yeah. yeah, well, that was something I was I was gonna bring up when you said about sort of the different rules and stuff like that. Mm. I was yeah. gonna bring that up that he tried to name when he was down, but like you say, that must be must be allowed in one. Um, it's it, it's still I don't know. It's still it's it's difficult for me to see that still. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't like it. Um, I don't think it should be allowed. I think there's certain things that should be like a universal rule in MMA, personally. But yeah, um, you know. I mean, a knee to your jaw is one thing. A knee to the to the side of your head or the top of your head is is different, especially if you've got all that downward velocity. Yeah, you can you can do serious damage. You've only got to look at you know Masvidal, Askren, because Askren was down all the velocity as he's coming up is yeah. knocked him clean out. MVP and Cyborg, same same scenario. Cyborg's going to take him down. MVP's hit him with a jumping knee, mm. and because he's still halfway through throwing the knee, it's all the powers sort of gone. It, it stopped, you know what I mean, and it's caved the skull in. So it's dangerous, and I don't think it should be allowed. Myself. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously with them being in Singapore, it might also be different. I, I think the reason why we we feel a bit weird about it is because we're not used to seeing it. I mean, we haven't really watched Pride, have we? I think it was probably allowed in there. Um, we've mostly watched UFC, and that's been a big thing of not needing a, a, ground, a downed opponent, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably why we feel a bit weird about it. Um, but, you know, maybe the, the more we watch, obviously we are going to watch it more, because I've been really uh, pleased with these past two events. We're gonna watch it more, and then maybe we'll we'll uh, get used to it, kind of thing. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, like you say, we were not used to it, so it looks looks bad for us. Um, mm. And you know, it was allowed in in Pride, and people have argued that the UFC need to get rid of the rule of kneeing, uh, yeah. not being allowed to knee on the floor. I I don't necessarily agree with that, but as you say. Um, it's something we've just we've just got to sort of accept for the time being, I suppose, when we're watching it. Yeah. Um, other, I mean, other than that, there's nothing really. You know, there's no. I don't think so far anyway. There's no. There's any negative. Mm. You know, aspects of of one. I'd say yeah. that's the only sort of minor one at the minute. And obviously, we mentioned it last time. Sort of the shots to the back of the head don't seem to get looked at as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, besides them two things, and I say that's more because we're used to watching, you know, UFC, um, they seem odd, but it is what it is, and we'll, like I say, we'll probably get used to it. In time, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, the, the finish, it was, uh, nonetheless, it was, it was brilliant. Um, caught him with, with the knee, as he's come in, that's really uh, stunned him, and he's, he's just kept throwing a, a barrage of uh, knees, strikes, um, Landed a, a brilliant uppercut, didn't he? 
that's yeah. put him down and then I think he, he's tried for that knee that we've just spoke about when he was down and he kind of like missed I think it was like glanced and he kind of sat on there and then yeah. he, he caught him with a, another uppercut um, so was it saved the obviously tired because he was on all the fifth round would have went but if say if Nakashima would have survived that got out how would you have seen that going from there um, if Nakashima had to survive, then I probably would have had a three-one to Nakashima at a push. Right. There's argument between it being two all, but I'd say I probably pushed towards three-one Nakashima. But then I would have expected Abasov to come out very aggressive and try and get the finish. Yeah. And I think because you you seen that first, and he sent him that that nearly knocked him out. So yeah. I think it wouldn't. I don't think it would have lasted long if it had gone into the fifth. I think it probably would have got. got I think Abasov would have, would have ended up finishing them anyway. So yeah. I, don't, I don't. I think if it had 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 it have carried on, I don't think we would have got to a decision. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I so while we're it... just while we're just so, sorry again to interrupt. So while we're just talking about the the judging criteria, so I was just having a look to see if I could find anything about uh, one. Allowing knees on the floor and stuff like that, okay. and I found, I found their judging criteria. Okay, so let's see. This will help us in the future. So their judging criteria is uh, either near if you nearly knock them out or nearly submit them. Um, damage so that's internal, accumulated, and superficial. Okay. So it's interesting that they judge superficial damage. So Nate Diaz would never win a fight if it went to the uh, to a decision in one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know, you like we've always said, you've only got to breathe the wrong way on Nate Diaz, and he'll and he'll yeah, start bleeding. Bleed. Yeah, yeah. So that that's an interesting one. I don't think, I don't think that should be a judging criteria. I think that's a, I think that's a wrong thing to judge on. You know, again, yeah. you look at you look at Nate Diaz. Uh, let's say the first McGregor fight, he outstruck McGregor, but looked like he lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's an odd one to score it on. You know, like the, these fighters who get into brawls, you know, just stand and bang, and they've got plenty of scar tissue. Um, mm. Dan Nelkins is, is another one. Um, he just has a lot of scar tissue. So mm. I, I think, I think I don't know, them fighters might have to be a bit more cautious coming in. Well, yeah. Know, so but then you wouldn't get the, tr- if, if they did ever go there, you wouldn't get the true fighter then you know what I mean yeah yeah uh, so, I don't know that, um, that, that's a hard one that's unusual but yeah. yeah so yeah um, striking combinations and cage generalship and they put in brackets ground control and superior position and so stuff you, you get in, yeah so you know, it's, that, I suppose that's like octagon control octagon control yeah but in a take um, <laughs> takedowns or takedown defence so again standard yeah um, and then another one which is a bit which is a I'm not sure how I feel about this one the last one is aggression in terms of what and pushing the pace it, it doesn't say it doesn't say it just says aggression so but for, that could be you know um, what's an example I can't remember before but was it oh sorry now I do um, Vito Belfort and Vanderlei Silva years ago yeah Vanderlei's been on top you know being very aggressive and then you know, would they stop the fight for something like that? Because then Belfort catches him at one and sends him right across the cage. Yeah. So that's a strange one. I don't know if they'd stop a fight for that. But to, again, judging on aggression isn't really... I don't think that's something you can judge on effectively. 
you know, I could, you know, I could be in a fight with somebody and throw 17 punches and only hit them with one and they could catch me with two. So yeah. they hit me more than I've hit them, but because I've thrown loads, I look better. You know what I mean? It, it, I think that's a ineffective judging criteria myself. See, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I know UFC, I think one of their criteria is, is aggression, or at least it used to be. But to me, like aggression is more like um, pushing the pace, you know. If it, if it means aggression. In a way. Um, yeah, if it means maybe, aggression in how much they're working, then yeah, fair enough. But I think that could that could be clarified on the website, I think. Yeah, so there's, there's aggression could be different things. There's physical aggression, and then there's obviously like aggression in terms of just pushing the pace and, you know, putting it on the other person, making them go back. You know what I mean? So I'd say it's aggression in terms of leading leading the dance and putting the other fighter on the back foot. Yeah. What I think. Um, oh, yeah. No, but as I say, it was a good card again. Um, what, really what did you prefer? Did you prefer Enter the Matrix or Enter the Matrix 2? Or Inside the Matrix, rather? That's a game. <laughs> yeah, that is a game. It was a good game, to be fair. I like yeah, that it game. Was. <laughs> um, Inside the Matrix or Inside the Matrix 2. Um, I don't know. This one had more more finishes than that. Um, mm. I think in terms of the first one, they probably have more high-caliber fighters on it. I, I'm, I'm I assuming. Um, I don't know. They're both really delivered, uh, which makes me look forward to watching the next event and actually becoming a, a fan of one championship. Um, I mean, I think this is we've obviously done LFA and Bellator but this is one that we've followed upon and I think it's it shown you know what I mean the two events mm. that we've seen they've really done well with them which is making the want you to come back and watch more and see what you know other fighters they are because obviously we're still new to it so we don't know like the rankings you know the only thing that I knew is I think it was that Bush and uh, the other fella, uh, Timothy, I just know that they were rank three and four and they were fighting yeah. for rank three. But in terms of the whole roster and rankings, I'm not too sure. But that's something that, you know, obviously we can get into once we start yeah, yeah. watching it more. Yeah, I'd say we'll, we'll definitely end up going back to the to one. Looking at, the, at their app, they've got quite a lot of, um, got quite a few events coming up. So, there's not going to be, there's not going to be any shortage of, of one events to go to. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I think personally, I think I probably enjoyed this one a little more, yeah. just because I kind of had an idea of what to expect now. Um, right. So yeah, yeah. didn't feel as, as blind watching it if you if you get me. Yeah, um, I but I mean, they were, mean, but they were yeah. both enjoyable in their own right. Um, so. Again, great card, and we will definitely revisit one. Brilliant um, card. Don't know what we're going to do for our next episode, what promotions are on. We were having a look a couple of days ago on Fight Pass and finally managed to figure out how to view every promotion on there, and there's tons. <laughs> yeah, loads. So is, um... we're, we're definitely going to be kept busy. Yeah. Um, we might even, we were discussing the possibility of like looking back at some old cards just because we never, we never seen like Pride or... Yeah. Um, you know, 
I can't even think of Strike Force. They never, we never, we never got to see them. So although they'd be old events, they'd be new to us. Yeah. And it's so, so it's sort of like our, our own watch party to an extent, possibly. That's one thing we've thought about in it. Making yeah. like a, a watch party or maybe just watching it and doing it in this kind of way, we're still not too sure. But maybe there's a uh, organisations that you'd like us to check out. You know, um we have actually got a website and that now that you can contact us at. Yeah. Um, and you know you can always suggest organisations to us that you'd like us to check out and do an episode on. We'd always be open to that. Or you can obviously get us on Twitter, but we'll give all the information for the website and Twitter and everything. Yeah. Um, towards the end. Um, yeah. So don't worry about that. We'll we'll let you know all the details for that. As I say, we have rebranded, so um, we will let you know about all that a bit better towards the end of the episode um so we're gonna we're gonna dive into sort of some of the latest mma news yeah. um so gonna start with um mark coleman uh nothing to really discuss here but he, he's had he's had a heart attack um yeah. he's, he's put a message out apparently i haven't looked at it uh, what the message is so hopefully that means he's okay i say nothing to discuss here just want to wish yeah, mark wish coleman him well uh, wish him a speedy recovery there um but the first bit of major news from the last few days. Uh, so, Islam uh, Makhachev is out of the RDA fight. Right. Yeah. Um, and RDA on Twitter called out Chandler, Michael Chandler. Okay. Um, I think Michael Chandler said no to it. <laughs> but it's... Apparently, apparently, they've got something in the works. So, right. I assume there's a fight in the waiting there. Doesn't want to... You know, doesn't want to mess up with that fight camp. If that's the case, fair enough. But I don't think it's something we're going to end up finding out the reason why. See, um, um, I, I don't know. I might be wrong about this, but I'm sure Islam and I think RDA were meant to fight on the Habib Gaethje fight, but I think RDA pulled out. And I think fans are really wanting um, Chandler and uh, Makhachev, um, which obviously would have been a good fight. Uh, I, I'm not too sure. I think Dosanjos. I think he's on a a, a losing streak. Um, so maybe that's one reason why Chandler's said no. Um, he, he's he's obviously waiting for the top five opponent. Uh, I'm sure he's actually voiced that like he deserves it. Yeah, um, that's obviously maybe that is what. Chandler is long for, as I say, he's apparently refused it because he's they've got other plans, is apparently what he said. Um I'm just trying to find it now. Where is it? Um Yeah, so um so I'll, I'll just read this out very quickly. It's from MMA MMAfighting.com. Yeah. Uh, so following Islam's scratch from the UFC Vegas 13 main event, Dos Anjos called out Chandler to step in as his replacement on Sunday night. The UFC's recent free agency signee and former Bellator champion responded to fans' inquiries on his Instagram page Monday morning and essentially nixed the possibility, stating, we have other plans. So, and then, like, you know, Dos Anjos has kind of called him out again um, and said on Twitter, um, if you don't take a fight because you don't have enough time to drop weight, I get it, but don't tell me you have other plans. I became the champion of the biggest organisation, fighting everybody or everyone they put in front of me. Shame on you. So, who knows? Maybe he does mm-hmm. have other plans. Maybe they're about to announce a fight for him or something. Um, 
I mean, obviously you've got the, the whole title picture now in the lightweight uh, division. Obviously, there's the big, um, it's like the big five in this. Obviously, who's it? Uh, Dustin McGregor, uh, Gaethje, uh, Ferguson, and obviously Chandler's going to be in that mix. So I don't think he's going to um, jeopardize that position by fighting RDA. It possibly has got something in the works. Maybe he's, you know, going to fight Gaethje or someone. You know, and he, he yeah. doesn't want to throw that away to get in a fight sooner. You know, he just he wants to wait it out, which is un- yeah. understandable. Um, possibly. I mean, again, I don't think it's information we're going to end up being privy to. I think if he has got something in the pipeline, just accept that that's what he's saying. I think yeah. the fighters are one of the fighters are a sort of. Fighters are always sceptical of what somebody else is telling them, I think. So, he could be telling the truth, he might have other plans. But, you know, RDA's response, he doesn't believe him. That's just the way fighters are. He thinks he's ducking the fight with him. Yeah. But, again, if if they're lining up a top five opponent for him, why would he go and fight the 12th ranked RDA? You know what I mean? It doesn't make, mm, exactly. doesn't make sense for him in that respect. Um, yeah. You know, Michael Chandler, well, I think he's, is he about 34, something like that? I think um, so, yeah. You know, he's just come into the organisation. If they're going to be giving him top five opponents at this age, kind of thing, he, he's not here to, yeah, he's 34, so he's not here to, yeah. he's not here to just mix it up with anyone, you know what I mean? As, as maybe disappointing as that is, but he's not, he's not here to mix it up with just anyone. Mm. Um, he's not just starting out his career. He's a, he's a well-travelled fighter. He's four for, Many years, as we just said, he's a champion. You're, sorry, he was a champion. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's not like he's just coming from nowhere, kind of thing. So let's just wait and see how it plays out. Hopefully, RDA gets an opponent in time for Sunday or Saturday, yeah. I suppose. But <laughs> let's wait and see what happens there. Um, so Jeremy Stevens, um, so uh, Giga Chikadze, is it Chikadze or yeah, something along the lines of that. We'll go with that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, after, after this fight this weekend, he called out Stevens apparently, and yeah. um, Jeremy Stevens has apparently verbally agreed to that fight. Um, so I haven't seen much of Chikadze myself, um, but I mean Jeremy Stevens. I think, I think he's a very up and down fighter. Jeremy Stevens. He does fights where you just think he's got no chance, and then mm. there's other fights where he looks absolutely brilliant. You know he's got good power um, for for the division. Yeah. I'd... So he has got knockout power, um, and if he can if he can get his game plan right, he's a he's a he's a good fighter. He is a good fighter. You can't deny that. But I just don't think he puts it together enough. Yeah. Um, I I think at Stevens, he's I think he's one of the, the heaviest hitters in the organization. Um, obviously, Giga, he's just come off a win. On the most recent cards, uh, won uh, KO, I think it was, head kick, uh, pretty good display. I think he's been actually looking for to the knockout as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that would be a pretty good matchup. I think given that the both strikers, it, it'd be a good a good striker match. Um, I don't, you won't see it go to the ground, at least I'd be surprised if it did. And um, yeah, I think possibly Stevens could could match his power you know it'd be be good to see Giger against someone with um, 
that shows the power as well. You know, that puts him in possible danger. So I think it's a good call out. And I'd like to see that fight. I think that's it's a good matchup. I think the fans would enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Do you see, do you see one fighter having more of an advantage if that fight does go ahead than the other? Um, I mean, I, I'm not fully, um, not fully sort of aware of Giga's uh, career in terms of how long he's for, so I not. But yeah. I know Stevens has been in it for for years, so I say like obviously as the experience side of things. Um, I don't know, it's, it's a diff- difficult one because anything could happen. Um, I'd, I'd probably say it, someone would definitely be, be getting knocked out in terms of who does the knocking out. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a difficult one to call, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, again, this is supposed more matchmaking and, and fights. Um, being cancelled. Um, so obviously Liverpool's own Darren Till um he's fucked his knee again for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah. So out of the fight with Hermanson. It's a shame. Um I was hoping we were gonna you know see the best Darren Till again. Um yeah. that we know he's he's capable of I was hoping that but just wish him a speedy recovery. Hopefully we get him back soon. Oh, he's um, not injured. He's, he's already said he's 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 <laughs> thinking the money off Road Dog, his beer so you know well does that as well obviously Maybe as in his knee, he's going to just enjoy some raw dog while letting yeah. it, you know, recover. <laughs> no, it's it's a shame. He's a, you know, he's a big name. He's a big character. He's always yeah. fun to, he's always fun to watch in a fight and before and after the fight. Yeah. So it is a shame. Um, so we'll just have to keep having fun watching him on Twitter. Be <laughs> absolutely crazy on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the fight is now, uh, Hamanson and Holland. Yeah. And uh, just think that's a good replacement. I think for Holland, it, it's a big step up in competition. Um, I think it's it's definitely what he's been looking for. I mean, he's calling out Adesanya. Um, where, where's Manson ranked? Is he like rank four, I think? Um, um, I mean, I, I think it, it'll be a good fight. I think if I am, Holland's probably got the advantage on in stand-up. There's no Hermanson's pretty uh, pretty savvy on the ground. Um, uh, even though he's fought quite often this year, I can't really recall um, a lot of Holland's ground game if there if there has been much of it. Um, so it, it'll be an interesting fight for him um, to see how he performs on the ground. Uh, but as I say, it's a big jumping competition and it's only going to help his name and help him get to that Adesanya fight that he obviously wants. Yeah, well, it's definitely a big step up. Uh, Hermanson is ranked fourth and mm. uh, Holland is, is unranked. So it's definitely a big step up. Yeah. You've got, I mean, I think if the Hermanson and Till fight was going ahead, I think you'd have to look at after Whitaker gets his title shot, the winner of that was getting a shot. Yeah. Um, so it is a shame, but I don't know. I don't know enough personally about Holland to say how good that fight will be. But I'm glad Hamanson has had to not have a fight. Um, yeah. You know the best fighters, even if they're not ranked, you need to stay active. So I'm glad for them in that respect. And and I think with as I say with 
uh, Holland calling out Adesanya and wanting a high-ranked opponent. I think, you know, Dana's seeing his potential. And with this, you know, Holland's went to our fight him, you know, I'll get another fight in this year. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, I don't know if the division's kind of stacked up in terms of fights booked or whatnot, but Dana's like, yeah, uh, you know, go, go at it kind of thing. Yeah. But I think it'll be interesting to see. I think it's definitely a big jump. As you say, he's unranked, so it's a, a major jump in competition for, for him. And if he can come out the winner, it only proves his, his ability and his skill to, you know, hang with, with, with the t- top five, top ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you've got to look at it. It's a risk for Hermanson as well at the same time. Oh, yeah. You know, if he loses... Again, something we've stated in the past, if he loses to someone who's unranked, where does that leave him? Yeah, I think we, we were speaking about Edwards and uh, Kamayev, I think it was. Yeah. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's a similar situation. Um, and it's exactly the same there. Hamanson, he's if he loses, where's that going to put him? You know, he's obviously going to fall down the rankings, but I don't think Holland's going to jump straight to four. I think it's going to put him, you know, probably probably below ten. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how how, how the where the rankings. Sometimes the rankings are mad, so it's yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how that fight goes and. Whoever, if Holland comes out the winner, how he appears on the rankings and stuff, but it's only going to do good for his name. Uh, oh, yeah. Having the massively. fight and obviously having the win also. Massively. Um, so, obviously, there was a UFC card at the weekend. We haven't, um, well, I don't know if you've watched it. I haven't watched it fully, but um, the one thing I did want to just talk about is obviously. The surprise and to the shock of probably most most out there, uh, Glover getting the win over uh, Santos. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty pretty mad one. Um, it, it was really back and forth. Uh, the first round, it, it looked like uh, Santos was going to have him. He dropped him in there, um, but Glover did well to fight back. Um, second round, similarly, it was constantly back and forth action and. Uh, the second round, he come close to getting a finish with the rear naked, um, but the bell, the whatever you want to call it, the clacks and the bell, whatever that that sounded. So Santos has got into the third round, and again Santos has dropped him with the left hand, being all over him, dropping elbows, and again Sashida survived, changed position, and got the rear naked and got the win. Um, nice little moment at the end. You can't leave. Look like he was praising him and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of that, so what do you think? Obviously, there's been a major talk of Jan and Izzy fighting. Given that to share his 41, he's on a good win streak um, and it's possibly his last uh, pop at the belt. Do you think they should put Izzy aside for now and have to share have that chance to fight Jan? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um... Yeah. I'm not I'm not a fan of these money fights being made. I'd rather see people who deserve title shots get title shots. Yeah. Um, whether Glover is fully deserving of a title shot, it's hard to say at the minute. Um, as we've said, you know, that's a, it's a stacked division at the minute, life heavy. Um, especially with Jones out of the picture, it's it seems to be anybody's sort of anyone's for the taking almost. Yeah. Obviously, Jan Jan's a good champion. 
Um, but he's obviously he's not Jones level at the minute. Um, so, but yeah, I, I'd rather see somebody who's put wins together in the division get a title shot before before Izzy. Um, I say, I'm not a big fan of money fights constantly being made. I'm not a big fan of trying to make double champs in in every single division. It seems. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you know Jones. If he does get a title shot at heavyweight, I'm glad that he relinquished the light heavyweight first and is solely focusing on heavyweight. Yeah. Um, you know, because they even done it with DC. DC was was double champ for a, a little bit, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. They've got a real infatuation at the minute UFC with with making double champs, and it's, it's I don't know. It's not like it used to be, obviously, but that's what I prefer. I prefer someone to put wins together and you know become become a real player if you like in the division. So I mean, Glover before the fight was third, was ranked third. Uh, Santos was first, so mm. for me, um, that makes Glover, for me, there is the number one contender. Jack, for me, uh, where's uh, Alexander Rachage? Because uh, he's fourth. a name that hasn't been spoke about recently. Yeah, he's fourth. Yeah, um, I think after his last win, he actually called for the belt. Um, I can't remember when he fought, it was this year. Um, he, yeah, he's called for the belt. Uh, so, I mean, maybe that's a, that, that's another fight to make. But I think without to share a one, because then Santos was number one. How he won the fact that he's on a win streak, I think he's deserving of the title shot. Um, make that the next fight. Uh, I've had a Sanya stay at middleweight for now at least. For now at least, but give Whisker that shot again because yeah. even though he said he wants to do Christmas and he's got a baby uh, coming along I don't think he really said that he um, didn't want it uh, I think he, he spoke to Emily Fighting uh, a couple of days ago and he said Dana kind of twisted his words um, so I, I think he, he wants that fight I think the logical thing to do is have to share a fight Jan Whitaker fight a uh, Adesanya, and then, I mean, who knows, go from there, you know, in terms of the and Izzy fight. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, say, not a fan of money fight, so let, let's just see what happens. Um, but that's all the major MMA news for the last few days, at least, anyway. Um, so, to end the show, we're going to do our little bit of fun, as we always do. So, again, in honour of the name change, Inspired by uh, Jorge Masvidal's post-fight interview following the Ben Askren fight, um, we're going to just talk about our favourite, whether the funny or iconic uh, pre and post-fight moments in terms of quotes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, this is this is nothing we've really planned. We're just going to sort of go off the top of our head and have yeah. a little bit of fun with it. Um, so, I mean, obviously, uh, as we say, the inspiration for the new name is is obviously. Super necessary, and that's I think just the the way he was so blase about it was just so is what made it funny. Yeah. He never, he yeah. clearly didn't intend it to be funny, but it was. <laughs> it was just yeah, it was. It's just it was just that how he come right out with it. Super necessary, you know what I mean? Yeah, like and and that 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 was just just funny, just how he's delivered it. Yeah, um, I mean, Jorge's had a few pearls. Lately, pearls of wisdom like that. Mm. Obviously, he, he talked about uh, baptizing three gentlemen in the year before. Yeah. I think it was before the title fight he got, or before the, <laughs> it might have been. 
Yeah, I think it was before the, the title match. Um, talked about that. Um, obviously, <laughs> with Leon Edwards, uh, three pieces in the shoulder. Three pieces in the shoulder, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, he's been on a roll with stuff like that lately. Yeah. Um, the, the, the one that I was thinking about, it's not necessarily a, a quote, but it's, it's funny in terms of how kind of cringy it is. Um, there, there was a, a fight a couple of years ago between Dennis Horman and um, Brian Eversall. Do you remember it? Mm. Um, well, basically, obviously they come in and this Brian Eversall has kind of shaved an arrow into his chest. And I think he said the reason because of it was he, the fella kept saying he was going to knock him out, not Dennis Horman, a previous fight. So he he done like arrow to show him where to hit. And then Dennis Horman um, come out in these kinds of blue, tight, um, hot, hot pants. Um, I, I don't know what you'd call them. Um, let me let me just see if I can get a photo. It was uh, shocking. Um, like... It literally made you go like wow it's ridiculous um so let me see if i can show you that um if you can make them out you see how not really no might be best if you send it to me um let me just send this over to you because it's uh, yeah it's um you'll see now it's just uh it, it's ridiculous uh, uh, a lot of the fight fans are now, and I don't think <laughs> I think the words on on it as well it isn't really good for them. Um, if you have a look, <laughs> <laughs> so he come out in them, and I think he actually started doing like stretches, you know, back and forth in them as well. So it was just he was really showing them off. Um, but the fact that they say trainer mask and stuff just. Yeah, I say that's that's one of those moments in terms of cringiness and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I just think it's good when fighters are like that. I mean, it just shows their personality. Um, I think, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. it, that's just ridiculous. But there's that one guy, and I can't remember his name, who always does something weird in the, in the weigh in. Um, let me just see, weigh in. Um, but mm. while you're looking for that one thing, one that has come to me at is, um, and you can probably get a load with this fella's Derek Lewis. But it was one of his recent fights. I think he was in the interview area, you'll call it. And I don't, I don't think he realised that. Uh, I think it was Bisbon. He was actually starting to talk to him, and he was talking to his people. And he goes, "Oh man, I need a shit," or something like that. It's like, but. He'd said it when the camera was on him and he'd had the headphones on and stuff and it's like but he he played it off. He just he just started talking to Bisbon. Um you know what I mean? It was a yeah, that was quite a funny moment. Yeah, the other one with, with I suppose the other one for Derek Lewis is um I think what I can't remember what fight it was, was it? The who did he knock out in the last minute, in the last second? Um Ah, um, oh, it was it wasn't wasn't Volkov, was it? Might have been, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Volkov. Um, and Rogan goes, why'd you take your 
Why'd you take your pants off? My balls were hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my balls were hot. <laughs> um, so yeah. the guy I was thinking of was uh, Sean O'Connell. Sean, um, Sean O'Connell. O'Connell, yeah. If you haven't if you haven't seen his way in antics, the funny. So um, so on his Wikipedia page it says O'Connell has been known to goof around during weigh-ins before the fight, such as booping Van Bjorn on the nose or playing an improvised game of rock, paper, scissors with Peroche. Okay. Um there's another one and I think is I think it might have been Elia Lati- uh, Latifi. He's got a bottle of water and O'Connell's got like a um, I don't know, like a, a pre workout or a, a protein shake or something like that yeah. and you do the thing where they link arms and drink <laughs> um, and then he gives him a, is it is it that one? Oh no sorry with Latifi he gives Latifi a bunch of flowers yeah and Latifi <laughs> gives him some sweets or something like that but he does one of the one where he does the link arms and drink with someone else yeah I, I think I might have um, seen that one that sounds familiar and I think there's another one where he comes and he's, he's got bubbles and he's blowing bubbles that sounds um, familiar as well I, I, I possibly have seen them yeah, he, he was he was always just funny. Um, yeah, I think again, there's there's a lot. Of, I just it's just fun when you see like um, people's personalities come out and not just like you know robotic kind of thing. Um, obviously, we don't we're not fans of the person here. Um, but Conor McGregor, obviously the iconic one. Well, he's, he's had a couple of iconic ones, I yeah. think, but the one for me is always uh, who the fuck is that guy. Yeah, to Stevens. Yeah, uh, yeah, at the press conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it, funny. Uh, I've got I've got to be honest. One thing that I can't <laughs> can't laugh at is when he was fighting Habib. There's a video where like it captures it from behind Dana, and Dana's going, um, "Don't don't touch each other like that." And Conor's like, "I'm not going to touch him. No, let, let let's get close. Let's." Yeah. You know, he's probably getting into it, but it's funny how he says it. I'm not going to touch him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what else? There, there was a, a mad one. Um, I don't. It, it was weird. This already done. I think it was Paige Van Zandt and uh, Michelle Waterson at the weigh-ins. I think after Van Zandt weighed in, they just started doing like a dance with each other doing like a crazy like wave and then I think Van Zandt pointed to uh, Waterson and she started doing her own dance and they could have stopped it there but Van Zandt kept going um, and then Waterson done it and then he just it's like it just didn't happen and he just squared off yeah you know it was, uh, I'll have to look for that. That, that that's a pretty odd one um, one that always stands out for me and it's so so easy and so basic, but is a uh, Forrest Griffin, Dama Mugly. Yeah, yeah. Was that on the Ultimate Fighter, was it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pair, pair of them, the pair of them have got a face like half on the floor. Yeah. And the first thing Forrest does is look up the screen and just say Dama Mugly. Um, there's, there's actually another one with him. I, I think it's when he's in Ed uh, the, the Tough House. And I think he actually does like uh, the movements and whatnot of like uh, a monkey. Oh, have you seen it? There's a video no. of me kind of starts jumping about and then does like the roll. But I'm pretty sure it, it, it's Forrest. Um, I think it might be when he's in, in the tough house. <laughs> I, I have a look at that, that's uh, pretty odd. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. Just, I mean, I'm but obviously there's, there's also like iconic ones that aren't, you know, funny or not meant to be at least anyway. Um, you've obviously got that famous interview. Um, I suppose slightly away from MMA, but it's not really. Uh, Ariel Hawani when he interviews um, the Undertaker after Brock fought. Yeah. 
and Brock walks past him and I'm like, hey, do you want to do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know what that was about. I don't know if at the time it was like Undertaker was dead on WWE's behalf to try and get him to come back or something like that because yeah. I think not so long after that he did end up back in right. WWE but yeah. I mean that's th- that's one of the interviews that really kick-started Ariel's career yeah. um, and uh, sent him sort of to the stratosphere Another one with Ariel I can't even call what he was talking about um, I don't even think they were necessarily like on the card it was uh, Ariel Hawani Rampage and Czech Congo and Ram- they, they both start looking at Ariel like snarling and then Rampage kind of grabs Ariel <laughs> by the throat <laughs> and um, I think Rampage going we love you or something like that you know Czech Congo is like leaning right up against Ariel he's like I think what's Ariel's reply um, something like oh, I love it or something like that all day or something something mad like that um, but, but that's funny just because it's Ariel's face when Rampage has gone by the throat, just like he's smiling, but you can tell like he's, he's like, shocked because he's getting choked out by Rampage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another one for me that I always remember and it always stands out is um, I think where Rumble and Jones meant to fight at some point and something happened with it. Um, yeah, I think something happened. But there's a bit in like Rumble. a press conference for it. For DC. Mm, but there's a press conference and Jones and, and Rumble are there. And they go head to head, go nose to nose, like they're gonna have a fight, and you push each other. And then Dana jumps in, like, wow, 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 and then start laughing, and it's like all the yeah. joke on Dana. <laughs> That's always a good one. Um, yeah. That's and good. I think, um, obviously, I think it, there's, there's two people, really, I wanna mention, and I think it would be rude if we left them out. Uh, the go first one is Nate, is Nate Diaz. Yeah, um, he's had a few. You know, the one that sort of, obviously, everyone knew Nate Diaz anyway, but the one that, so I made him a money fight. Um, was a, I can't remember who it was who he fought, it, it, but it's just after it, that's the memorable part. You know, Conor McGregor, I'm coming for your fucking ass. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. obviously... I apologise yeah. for my American accent. Yeah, and then obviously the yeah, I'm not surprised motherfuckers or something like that. Yeah. To be um, fair, got to give it to McGregor though, with the second fight. The first thing he says, surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta give, you gotta give McGregor credit. There. That, that's. Um, there's that's also there's an in fight, in fight moment. Diaz had always like stands out, and it's when, when he gets when the he's triangle. Got the yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just the way he does this, and it's like <laughs> it's just it's funny. I love the way he says he does this. Like people are gonna be able to see this. Oh, okay, well he, he flexes. <laughs> okay. He flexes, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, and then obviously, let's say, probably the king of trash talkers, um, Michael Bispin. Um, yeah. Again, we could, we could be here all day talking about Bispin. Um, my favourite one will always be, um, sound like the worst self-help book ever, conceive, believe, achieve, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's yeah. an all-time favourite of mine. And um, the the one that you show me is pretty funny with uh, Covington. It's when he's got the interim belt. Yeah, um, that that's funny. As well. That's funny. I but, just love it. It's like you know, take your glasses off. You look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, he's like you know, look, upset, I'm, I'm happy with yeah, I'm happy with the way I look and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> and <laughs> so, doesn't yeah. he say something? Like, I think he says to Bisbon that he wants to fight him, and then Bisbon's like, "Well, if you're listening earlier." You'd realise that I'd actually said good things about you. Yeah. You know, open your bloody ears, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
Not yeah, this, but the person was just great, and he's still like that on Twitter, isn't he? So yeah, I mean, um, you, you, you gotta love him. I, I think one of his recent tweets, he he uh, put out something. I think something about growing beards and that. I think for November, and uh, he said we've also got to, uh, uh, you know, give give some sort of praise or something to people that can only grow bum fluff or something like that. It was like <laughs> I can't remember the actual context of how he put yeah, it yeah. in. But it's it's how we deliver there again. Speaking speaking of Bisping, there's one I've just remembered, and it was a uh, UL Romero, and when Bisping was still the champ, Mike, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's quite you know what he's quite funny unintentionally, UL Romero. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't mean to be funny in the slightest, um, but he is. I think it's just that husky voice and where he's from and stuff like that just yeah. makes him funny. I think another one with Bisping, I think, is when he was. Fighting the um, JSP, and he does an impression of him in the press conference. He does he does a pretty good impression of JSP. Have you seen that it? doesn't surprise me. No, I'll have to yeah. go back and look at that later, but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't surprise me. He, he does a good impression of him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? There's, I think there's there's that many. We could we could probably end up filling a whole episode with this, but yeah. I'd say just just nice to throw a few out there and have a bit of a laugh. Yeah. Um, so it's always good when fighters bring out the the personalities and stuff like that. So it's always a bit of fun. Um, so I mean that's us for today. Um, as we said, obviously we've gone through this whole sort of brand change. Yeah. Some of you may have seen it already on Twitter, but for those of you that haven't, um, so our Twitter handle is now super necessary, but with two Y's, as just super necessary was taken. Yeah. Um, so I try to keep that as, as plain as and simple as possible and easy to remember. Um, we've changed the logo a couple of times actually. Um, we've we've got a website as Kira mentioned, so uh, you can go on our website supernecessarypodcast.co.uk. Um, yeah, that'll have any video podcast that we put up. It'll be, yeah. be on there. Any episodes of the podcast will be on there. Um, we've got a little like news ticker on there, so that updates daily uh, from Twitter, which is good. So. Yeah. Anything, anything you want to see, anything you miss. If you haven't got Twitter and you want to see what we're, what we're putting on Twitter to communicate, you can see it on there. Like Keaton said, you can contact us through that website or on on or on Twitter. Um, and then we've also got, um, we've also started sort of releasing some clothing and merchandise. Yeah. Um. So the easiest you can find us if you just type in Super Necessary on Google. You might have to go down a few pages, but you will be able to find us. The easiest way to find us is if you type in Super Necessary and put the word Spreadshirt after it, so S-P-R-E-A-D-S-H-I-R-T. If you put that after Super Necessary, will be the first thing that comes up after like the images of the stuff for sale. The yeah. first actual link will be our page. Um, so go on there, check out some of the merch. Um, we've we've designed these all ourselves. Yeah. Um, well, they're not perfect by... Yeah, they're not, don't get me wrong. They're not perfect, but we like them. We find them, some of them funny. We find some of them just really good designs. So yeah. have a look, check them out. You can get T-shirts, hoodies, um, caps, bags, you know, um, mugs, right now, drinks, bottles. Um, right now, your order, you can get 15% off your order also. Yeah, so I think there's about, I think there's about <laughs> probably 12 days left on yeah. that. So I believe that'll just get applied automatically at checkout for you. Um, so yeah, 15% off. Um, yeah, go, go and check them out. Let us know what you think of the designs. But as I say, this is 
our way of really trying to to push and grow now. So yeah, um, we're always wanting to uh, interact with people. So I mean, contact us on on the website. Get in touch with us on Twitter. Let us know your favourite post and pre-fight moments that stand out. Um, as I say, we're always just wanting to interact with the fans and other podcasts also. Um, so yeah, just just give us a, a message. Yeah, and if anyone does end up buying any of our uh, any of our merch, uh, please send us pictures, and we will we will put you um, you know we'll put you on our website and we'll put you on um, our Twitter as well. So yeah, if anyone does, please be sure to show us. Super necessary.